Good evening, and welcome back to another ranked edition of the JME Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined, as always, by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Nothing, man. Just, um, I don't know. On a scale of 1 to 10, I'm a 25. So. <laughs> well said. Well said. <laughs> um, we are so glad to have everybody joining us. We are recording on Monday, as usual. This is a little weird because it's been a few days since the game. Um We've had like 17 news cycles since the game in JMU world, I think, Rob. Yeah. Um, good, bad. We had like a great one during the game. Then we had like an immediate pivot to um, the our worst, <laughs> you know, the figment of our worst intentions, sort of like um, just rolling like through all day Friday into Saturday. And then like by Sunday and today, it was like, seeming to calm down. And then, I don't know, nothing brings people together, apparently, who hate each other in all other respects, like screaming at the NCAA. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we're not going to talk about that till after, because we the first thing we want to do tonight is celebrate a really fun and encouraging performance in Huntington last Thursday. Uh, celebrate the fact that Dukes are ranked in both polls this year. Uh, in Rob, they're 15 and three since we came to FBS and yeah, we've been man. ranked in the top 25 in both years. Like it's, what world is this? It's so it's, fun. It's absolutely bonkers, man. But like, I was just, I was typically when we do the podcast from years past, I will bring up my computer and I'll go like, Oh, let's go pick up the stats from the last game. So I go to Jamie sports. Yep. It's, it's easy. It's now easier to go to ESPN and just click on top 25 and you can find like, it's nuts. You're sitting here. It's like I think I was like, oh, I must have done something wrong because it's it's got UGA, you know, picture mm-hmm. of UGA, but it's the top twenty five rundown, and you're like, hey. oh my gosh, like it's just it's a brave new world, man. It's pretty pretty fun. I mean, can we just can yep. we point that out? Like, yep, you and I have been pretty loudly screaming um, since this happened. Like, what we were most excited about was the idea that on an average October. We'd probably be way more hyped for a game than we would have been in the old situation. Hell yes! And I mean, we're getting that in spades. It's like every weekend is the biggest game of the year. And yep. It's like we've all been transformed into the embodiment of coach speak about like just go one and zero this week, and next game is what matters. Uh, Marshall was awesome. You know that that was one yep. of the more fun experiences that I've had as a college football fan. Yep. Um, as a JMU college football fan. Um, it was just great, like being able to, to watch it on national television and prime yes. time on Thursday night and against a team that has a fair bit of history itself, a team that, you know, now is a bit of a losing streak, but has a lot of talent on both sides of the ball, has fans that care. Like that is what we drew up in our heads. And then we go from that to turning the page to welcoming our biggest rival yes. for homecoming on a Saturday night under the lights, national television. I mean, it's like Freaking it Halloween. just keeps going. Yeah. Yes. It's mm-hmm. it's absolutely amazing. Like this is everything we wanted, and uh, I don't know, man. It's it's, just, it's like a big rush, and and then after that, we've got another know, ESPN, uh, another ESPN game. game. We've got you know Coastal, which still has what the three time reigning player. Of the well, year. the Georgia State game is like potential Sun Belt game of the year. Yeah, yeah. Then we get what? Well, we get UConn at home for, for yeah. like homecoming times too, and then we get App at home, and then we go to Coastal, where hopefully like. We can take over the stadium in Myrtle Thanksgiving weekend and celebrate. <laughs> I've got a friend who has no affiliation with JMU who is hitting me up for the past week being like, hey, man, 
let's get, can you get me tickets? Can we all go down? Let's go see that upstate game. It's a big one. I want to check it out. It's like, that doesn't happen. Nope. You know, it's like the only time I've been asked for tickets before this is usually like a parents weekend type situation. Um, this, I don't know, man. It's just, this is everything we wanted and more. Yep. And we talked about this last year before we get to a, a little podcast business, which is good for all of you too tonight. Um, before we, we talked about this last year, Rob, but remember last year they got the ranking. Who had they played? Arkansas State? Was that Texas State? I don't know. Texas State. Yeah. Texas State, maybe at home. I, yeah. They had gotten the ranking and it was so exciting. Needless to say, it was more exciting the first time than the second time. Um, you know, this time, it, because they played on Thursday, it was kind of like watching the scoreboard Saturday. And like once Iowa lost, you're like, well, they're going to get it. With a very Iowa way to lose. Oh, the way. most Iowa. Yes. Um, <laughs> the Big Ten had some very on-brand performances with Michigan State's season of scandal. Yes. Michigan of State scandal. has had their coach fired for propositioning the sexual assault lady. Yes. <laughs> Brought on to address the awful sexual assault scandals on campus. Then they've lost was a every game. Sexual assault. Lost everything. And then they showed a video of Hitler. <laughs> on the on the scoreboard, and they claim that it's like an outsourced trivia thing. They asked for his birthday, but like, just I, I don't know much about in-game stadium <laughs> operations, but I do know like it starts with no Hitler. Right, like, right. It's just uh, yes. I, I don't know. Like every time you think they've hit rock <sighs> bottom, something else happens, and then Iowa, you know, completely unable to score points. Yes. As this, what seems to be, you know, pulls a rabbit out of the hat, returning a kick for a touchdown, and then it turns out illegal indication of fair catch and call back. Like, it was a very Big Ten Saturday. Yes. Although Iowa's star player is their punter, and that may be relevant to the JMU game as well in a second. Yeah. Well, it was um, kind of a Big Ten Thursday, even though it was a Sunbelt game, yes, too. It very much was. Yes. Um, the big news tonight, Rob. Um, Big news for the podcast, uh, not for JMU, is as you all know, we are, as always, brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. And for the last, like, what, two plus years, I get to this point and I say, you go by the store and you get mention the podcast and get a free sticker. But this week, for the first time, we are doing a homecoming special with Mossy Creek. And if you go to the store this week, anytime this week, uh, from whenever this episode comes out, which is likely Tuesday morning, through Sunday uh, following homecoming, if you go to the store, everything in the store, if you mention the podcast, is 20% off. So everything in store that is not already on sale. Yeah, non-sale items. Non-sale items is 20% off. So this is awesome. And I know some of you are like thinking like I am like, oh, I don't need to get a bunch of fishing stuff. But this no, is like Smith sunglasses, yes. Olakai Shoes and flip flops, like tons of clothes, Sims, cool stuff, Howler Brothers, like yeah. awesome, awesome stuff. Like really anything, anything that is available in the shop. If you mention the podcast, you'll get twenty percent off um, if it's not already on sale. Uh, so you're going to want to go to Mossy Creek. You're going to be there for homecoming, anyways. This is a great chance to do some early Christmas shopping. Um, like it's just this is awesome, and we can't thank. Um, our friends at Mossy enough for doing this for our listeners. They mentioned they have had people coming in and getting the stickers, which was good. Um, so go by the shop this week, mention the podcast, talk about the podcast um, and get some awesome stuff uh, this week for homecoming. 
And we keep That's emphasizing it. like, oh, if you're not a fly fisher, well, become a fly fisher. Yeah, also do that. Go buy mm -hmm. a rod from the boys. Sign up for a lesson. Take it up. You'll, you won't regret it. Yeah, this is your chance to get anything you might need. Yep. So um, go and do it. And just remember, like we said, they have so much cool stuff. So you're going to want to go um, get those rain pants I didn't need at the Georgia Southern game. Uh, maybe this week. So we'll see. But you got them. Yeah. 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 So um, big thanks to them. Rob, we got to talk about Marshall first. We will get to ODU. We will get to rankings and the clarification of postseason obligations and cool stuff about the schedule coming up in future years. But man, what a great game. Um, what a great trip for me. Uh, wonderful night in Huntington. Probably come back to that at the end because it was so good to watch this game with a lot of other. I was reminded, Rob, and we got to do this again. Who knows? Maybe we can do it for Coastal at the end of the year. The, you know, I went to UVA this year, but that was kind of like not really an away game. I mean, it was a road game in terms of the team and, you know, number of people in the stadium, but, but it was a big social event. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't a football road game. Like yeah. even our group was very much like social. You have non-football fans attending. Yes, that. it was yeah. the social part of it was very close to the football part, and it's been a few years for me. As you know, when I used to live in North Carolina, I frequently did road games, um, Elon, Chapel Hill, Charlotte. You know, at, you know the number of those games that were further south. I would hit as a road fan, and I was always amazed, and I was reminded this Thursday that. They're so much fun as a fan because everyone is there. The, the JMU fans that are there are completely in on the game. <laughs> like there's nothing else to this trip to Huntington than winning the football game. I mean, you know, you might go bourbon shopping or do something else, you know, go fishing or what, what I mean, you might make a weekend out of it, but the reason you're there is to root for the team. It's, it's for the game. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was just, it was a really fun experience. I did. I um, spent a, most of the game, I think, I mean, I obviously went with Brian from Mossy Creek spent a good portion of the game with the guys from sound off Taylor and John in particular, Steve was a couple rows in front of us. Um, good to see our old friend, Rachel, like spent my whole after party with Randall. Oh, actually watched the whole game with Randall. So oh, nice. um, yeah, we buried some hatchets and, you know, um, <laughs> and, uh, had a really good time. Chris Talk some Brian. Fairfax football. We, of course we did. Um, <laughs> had a really fun, like after the game went out to a really fun, like bar there in Huntington and, I don't know. First of all, and, and then that's the only, th we'll get on to the actual game analysis here, but I was so impressed with Marshall fans. I haven't um, heard a bad thing about their fans. No. Everybody has said they were knowledgeable, they were spirited, they were welcoming at the tailgate and in the stadium. And I heard mm -hmm. both before and after the games. It wasn't like one of these fan bases that nope. says nice stuff, then if they lose, they turn into creeps. People said uni universally just a respectful and fun group of people to be around. Yeah, we were blown out. There were some like undergrad kids. Maybe they were grads. I don't know. Maybe recent grads. They were young though, like in the place we parked to tailgate. And we were one of the first cars to pull in. There was like two or three JMU cars and, you know, just a few Marshall people. We got there pretty early and uh, they just came over and talked and they're like, oh, you got, we were not sure if we were allowed to park there or what the story was. And they were just, couldn't have been nicer sort of welcoming us in and telling us the deal. And, you know, just so happy to have another they felt like we did. They were so happy to have visiting fans in Huntington like, um, that cared. And then, yeah, we went out to this really fun little bar, St. Mark's Lounge after the game. Like the, I think it was like four of us and it was all Marshall kids from post game. And 
nobody really like, you know, there, there were, you know, a few good natured conversations, but nobody gave us a hard time. Um, cool. It was That's really cool. Be. Yeah. So really great. Hope we can return the favor to them next year. Um, Rob, I will start anywhere you want. Cause there's a lot of standout performances. I think there's uh there's three that are like jump off the page performances, but there's, I wrote down six. <laughs> so I'll, you know, you take first down and go anywhere you want. Oh man. I, I mean, I think I know which three you're referring to. I think everybody yep. who watched the game knows which three, but um, because I thought the overall nature of the game was kind of a defensive slugfest, I, I think I'd lead off with Jalen Green. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, it just, that was one of the most impressive performances I've seen uh, from any pass rusher at any level. I mean, you know, it was just, it. it's not fair when he gets on a roll. <laughs> Right, he's unblockable, and it yeah. was like he was just speed rushing by guys. He was blowing people back. Like, um, I, I mean, this, I know their fan base isn't pleased with their quarterback play for whatever. I haven't watched the guy all season like they have, but the thing that the impression he made on me is, man, that guy's tough because he was getting his block knocked off yeah. repeatedly. But um, Green is just—I it, it, haven't seen anything like that uh, in a long, long time. It, it was like watching Lawrence Taylor. Back in the day, or Michael Strahan, they got to change their snap count up. Yeah, like did it feel like he was like off the ball? It (laughs) did. It did. Like he was coming in unblocked. He was just going around him. Like it's just, I I don't know. That's just, you know. And I would guess something special. Five sacks is something special, and and you know four even even four when it you know the last one was on that last little kind of nonsense stuff, but. It's incredible, and and you're right. I mean, that a five sack performance is just out of control. Um, I mean, they get another one or two tackles for loss too that weren't even sacks. Um, you know, in the run game, or um, and and it, I I would like to think I don't know for sure. I haven't heard any post game stuff with Jan, with Green or anything, but you know, the attention that Carpenter and company are drawing in the middle has got to help. Certainly you helps. Know, it certainly helps because he, he just, you know, they're not double teaming him and he's just, ah, that was such a great, yeah. Well, Trish, it's I a think surprise that's... too. Like he's not, I, he's still not always listed as a starter. You know what I mean? Like depending on how JMU sets up their D line, like he, he had nine solo tackles last season. <laughs> right. He has 13 sacks this season. <laughs> Seven games. Like it's, it's really it's crazy, but I want to go back to something you said about Carpenter. Like, we've been so impressed. Carpenter's making plays consistently week in and week out. Mm-hmm. But there are schemes where a guy playing his position isn't supposed to do much more than maybe draw a double team to free up mm-hmm. space for a guy like Green. So the fact that Carpenter's been doing both, yeah, it absolutely helps. And and now I think Green in turn will help free up Carpenter. Like, it, you know, that hand and glove sort of situation. But yeah, no it's, doubt, it's ooh, that was something else. Yeah, and it. There may be more fun to watch this weekend. We'll get there in a second. Um, that, that's a great point. Yeah, Jalen Green is obviously the one that jumps off the page. The other one is Ryan Hansen. Mm-hmm. Um, just what can you say? I mean, the first three drives, he downs them at the one. The first three punts. Well, I, I think we, can we give it to Hansen and the punt coverage team? And the kind coverage combo? team. Yeah, everybody down there. The yeah. whole punt team. I mean, because the kickoff team did not cover themselves in glory this week. No. But the punt coverage team did. And 
Yeah. I mean, he had six, what do you have? Six punts inside the 10 and a seventh inside the 20. I mean, just incredible day. Um, and that's kind of what we were joking at the beginning that this turned into a big 10 West night, um, because Marshall's punter eventually got rolling and did some of the same things. Right. And, and part of the reason this was such a weird 20 to nine, you know, there was a huge portion of this game where it was three to two. Um, and obviously the 20 to nine final score is a little, little rough. Um, but, but those, it was so dictated by the field position and the way both teams played on D for quite, for big portions of this game. So yeah, I, big, I was glad to see Hanson. I think he got special teams player of the week, kind of a cool thing. I mean, wise made another couple of field goals, which is great, but wise has had, you know, plenty of attention this week. Uh, it's good to see it go to the punt coverage team as well. That was my second down for sure. I think the third down we probably have is the same, Rob, but I'll see where you go. Jordan McLeod? Yeah, yep. Yeah. That's the third one that I thought was just an obvious one. Yep. This, you know, not to get too far out of ourselves, but let's say if the season goes as well as it possibly could go, we don't need to, you know, jinx it or talk in the middle of the no-hitter sort of situation, but this, I think, could be set up to be the signature game or signature performance of his JMU career. For sure. I thought he was hurt, hurt. Not yep. like, it, it, I don't know if you could tell. In the Not stadium, as much, but no. It looked nasty. And he came back and he was still gimpy and limping. And it was like, it was like it lit a spark under him. And then in turn, the offense. Um, what was, was funny. He was on the ground. Even after yeah. the injury, he, he busted out a couple nice Yeah, that's runs. what I was going to say. What was funny is this was actually not his best game prior oh. to the injury. Like he had the long run in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, other than the yeah. Right. And he had a few completions here and there. But he had, to me, he missed a couple. You know, he underthrew some bigger plays, I felt like, before. And then after the injury, he was perfect, basically. It's like he dialed in. It was right, like right. You know, some sort of like, okay, focus now. And that third down throw on the first possession when he came back after the injury, the one where he was like, stuck in the middle of 17 yes. guys and kind of mm-hmm. jumped and threw it out to the side to Surratt. Yeah. That wasn't just an exceptional play. Yeah. You know? just, and like you said, his willingness to run, I mean, that one tough run to get the first down, you know, where it kind of set them up first and goal or so in the red zone. Yeah. Yeah. was just, those are that. Yeah. Just, that was it, good. It, it was an inspired performance. I thought, and the entire team, it, you know, stepped their game up when he came out on the field. So, I yep. thought it was really fun to watch. It was great to see. And it, it could be one of those signature moments in his career. Hopefully he'll yeah. exceed it. And it's just one of, you know, what do we got? Five more games. Hopefully it's, you know, yeah. sixth on the list of, of inspired performances. But I thought it was outstanding. And he continues to impress me week in and week out. And he's really responding to challenges of all sorts. You know, he responded to his coach calling him out. He yep. responded to this injury challenge. So, um, Resilience, he's a big deal, and the team definitely seems to be taking their cue from him. So that's off the sure. It was an awesome second half. Yeah, before we even get to fourth down, another hat's off at the quarterback position, Rob. Um, Billy Atkins. Like, that was a complete surprise. I think. Did not to, look to lack confidence. I mean, no, he and, only and, threw and two balls. But. But, but, I mean, I think when McLeod went down, I think all of JMU Nation kind of thought, like, you know, what's going to happen here? It wasn't like a, you know, I, I don't know that it was complete like meltdown. It was just like, it was a surprise that it was Atkins warming up. 
right? Yeah. Um, you know, in the stadium, you can obviously see that a little quicker than on TV that you're like, oh, it's Atkins with a helmet and the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's throwing passes on the sideline kind of thing. And then you're like, well, it's Marshall again. I mean, this was the game that he, you know, that he lost his mojo and confidence and and position and place in the pecking order and everything else last year. The redemption narrative was there. Yeah. It was certainly there. And and what a surprise to see the staff, you know, let him let him turn it loose. And, you know, he makes one good throw, one, you know, one really good throw. And then one kind of rough throw, but one kind uh, of heat check sort of thing. Yeah, but I did that. You know, there's also like a timing part of that play. Yeah, you know, that just, was one it of those. just looked like, like he got a little confident the first one. And yeah, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Didn't whoa. go through the fundamental, you know. But whatever. he did make a really good decision on third down. I thought to just tuck it and eat it, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like don't I agree. try to don't, don't compound the error. Secure the ball. Yeah. Right. You know, don't make this worse. Live to fight um, the guys sort of thing. Which ultimately, you know, led to JMU getting the field goal right there. So, I mean, he was part of a point scoring drive and it has to feel good for him. It was fun to rewatch uh, yesterday or whatever day, Friday, we were driving home to rewatch and just see the guys on the sideline get so excited. Like you could tell there were a couple kids, you know, there were players over there who know what that means um, from last year. And anybody who's been on a team of any kind, who's been a bench warmer, like I have, right. You root for the other kids who don't get to play that often, you know, and you know what they've gone through. And and you could see some of the numbers on the sideline that don't play all the time. They were some of the most celebratory of Atkins completing that first pass. So, I mean, if nothing else, I think that gives us all a little more, certainly gives him more confidence, but it has to give the team and, and everybody around the program more confidence if they need him again. So just that was exciting. Um but for fourth down, I, I did think, Rob, it should – I have kind of an honorable mention too, but it was good to see. I thought the stars on offense were stars this week. I mean, Reggie Brown was a star. Yeah, right? another I mean, yard performance. Yeah, really he caught – you know, that – I mean, the touchdown was exceptional. But the long pass that he caught was really – you know, he kind of caught the back of the ball again. The pass interference he drew to get them off the goal line was big. You know, he was really a star in this game. He obviously caught the one from Atkins. And then I thought Kalon had a really good night. Um, and I felt like maybe they're starting to – there were some real signs in the run game here. It wasn't perfect. I think Marshall's pretty good. But, you know, it seemed like the timing was there. Like some of those where he takes them going left or right and then turns upfield. It seemed like he was finding the hole a little easier. So I don't know if that's just timing with the linemen or – I'm actually Just, a little. I'm a little concerned about the run game. If, yeah. if we're going to be honest, because okay. Marshall last year was excellent against the mm-hmm. run. They've been pretty susceptible this yep. year. I mean, it, it's not. They're not like JMU. Um, it's a weird game. Up. They gave up yards. They certainly yeah. gave up yards to McLeod. You know, they did, but like neither Black nor Lawton Long. really got going. Yeah. Um, I think would they both have like around thirty yards or something like that? Something. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like yeah. I, I think they th- that needs to be addressed. Um, the running back by committee is really good until it isn't, and right. I don't I don't know what the answer is. I like both guys. I think there's the opportunity to mix and match and get them in there, but it was not clicking on Thursday. It, I, there's a reason why it was a three two game, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let's look. I got the box score up here. I think, yeah, Lawton was eleven for thirty five. Black okay. was 16 for 33. 
Yeah. So, so I yeah. mean, you, you had McLeod six for six. I felt that way early on in the game. Like yeah, they were like moving I, it and then honestly, yeah. this shocked me when I looked at it. I was like, oh, it wasn't that bad, but it just it wasn't really there. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, there's they're certainly capable. They both have kind of game game breaking playability, but um, Marshall is not the Marshall of last year in terms of defense. So that no. was a little concerning. I'm hoping it was just one of those nights, but yep. we'll see. And then the last one just um, for me was, I mean, Francis Meehan, you know, I mean, that was just a huge, huge, huge play, play, huge play. And, and he's made, you know, the one he made at UVA was a huge timely play, you know, and the one he made here was a huge timely play. And he seems to be, you know, no shade at anybody else who's not coming up with interceptions, but when they're there, he seems to make them right. Right. So, um, that's, that's really, that was a huge play. Uh, I don't know that I had too much else from the game. I thought JMU did a pretty good job after the injury to the Marshall player. I thought JMU did a good job of just like locking back in and finishing that thing out. Um, and that was kind of an awkward, it was certainly awkward in the stadium in the sense it was just dead quiet for 15 minutes, you know? And obviously both teams like were very much not like they were very out of the game mentally for a few minutes. I think it's impossible not to be, you know, um, and I did think Jamie did a very good job of kind of, you know, it was, it was nice that the game was not, it wasn't one score at that point. What was, was that when it was 20 to no, it was 13 to two, I think, or something. I don't know. It was before the, I don't remember exactly, but yeah, I mean, in any case, um, pretty good job by JMU closing that out, uh, despite the kickoff return, which hopefully they can clean up. Um, so, uh, that's all I got. I, you have anything else from this one, Rob? No, just, I mean, I don't think we can emphasize enough that they didn't give up an offensive touchdown. No, that's no, no, something no, no. to be celebrated. You know? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. that miscue in the kicking game was disappointing. I still wasn't worried. And, I, I'm the most no, nervous I wasn't fan either. on earth. I like, never I, felt like Marshall was going to move the ball. No, I didn't like, either. And even though JMU settled for field goals and you know only came out came out of the second quarter three points, I still felt like they had demonstrated like they're going to break through eventually. They'd had some yeah. success. They were at least moving the chains, if not having sustained drives. Yeah. Um, I didn't th- see the explosion. Or I didn't see it coming as quickly as it did, yeah. particularly after the injury. But I was pretty confident that JMU was the better team um, for the entire game. Yeah. Um, and I, I will say, I know we're going to get to it later, but but even putting aside the kind of like national conversation slash postseason stuff, I really liked um, the, the announcers on this game. Like, I obviously didn't know that was going on during the game, but they were pretty funny and just like generally good about the game. I mean, even putting aside the fourth quarter ranting about like the NCAA, which of course we all enjoyed, but like. I don't know. I, I felt I was, I, I don't know what that team is that Matt Barry and can't remember the other guy's name, but it's, it's just a very, like, I felt like those were two people who were taking the Sunbelt game seriously. Like it wasn't, you know, they didn't spend the whole broadcast talking about Ohio state. It was just, that was kind of a pleasure that they felt like they had done their homework on the game, you know, for both teams. And I don't know, I kind of enjoyed it. So props to ESPN for that. <laughs> but Rob, one, one thing, not to like yeah. stir up controversy or anything. Yeah. This is more a question for you. 
Yeah. I know we had talked last week about Latrell Palmer not getting a carry. Yeah. Did he get a single play? I don't think he did. I don't think he did. I'm, I'm scouring the participation. No, I mean, and I don't I think any other backs did. You know, we talked last no. week about maybe, who was it? Um, yeah, Kamari and Baldwin had been dressed last week. I'm, I have to confess, I did not look for him on the sideline this week. He's the freshman um, that was kind of a surprise dress last week. Um, didn't notice this week. Um, didn't see, you know, Peyton Rutherford dress, but didn't see him play. Um, yeah, no, I mean, we and we talked about the portal entry for Wayne Knight, uh, or yeah, Wayne Knight, because Yamir Knight definitely did play in this game. Um, so I, I don't know. Um, no, I, that's a that's a. I hope everything's all right, and yeah. I hope if it's if it's not, you know, if it's not an in, if it is an injury, I just hope he heals up and is okay. And if it's not an injury, I hope, you know, the running back room and the coaches get this sorted out. And, you know, because I, I would, I would he's just. He's a guy that can make a difference, man. Well, yeah. And I think more than anything, I would just, I, I think we would all, everyone around this program would be, would be very disappointed if, you know, and sad if, if, if he couldn't end his career on a high note. Um, as someone who's been a, you know, one of the last real threads between kind of the some of the real highs of FCS era to you know into this new era um, and some of these highs um, he's been a real tie that binds for this team so yeah hopefully we'll see Latrell again on, on a more positive note yeah. why don't we turn the page yeah I loved Phoenix Rolls's game oh good point Just I meant like to say a, this a, yep. they clearly saw something in like the coverage and backing off and they were just giving it to him and just nothing fancy about it Throw it to the flat. He runs as fast as he can for eight yards. But like, yep. it was there over and over and over again. He had what six catches, fifty-five yards. I, I'm not sure if any of them traveled more than two yards in the air. It was just him straight up and go. Like, I thought that was an interesting wrinkle, and I loved how they just kept doing it. Uh, He's a really good it. runner at, at, with the ball after, too. Yes. Yeah. Like after the catch and doesn't he, mess around, just gets the yards that are there. Like no, he's not kind of dance around. It's like boom. Like I thought he was. A difference maker on Thursday night. For sure. And and like we said last week, not to give credit to the smellies up north, but you know, he, well, he understands the, he's been yeah. coached and he yeah. understands the game. Cause you could see he knows where the marker is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he understands he doesn't need to break free of the tackle to score a touchdown. He needs to break free enough to get the first down. Move those hands. Yeah. Right. And he's just very sharp player. Yeah, I hope they keep using him um in the same way. Uh, I like, I, I think in general, they're using the receivers very well right now. Um, you know, they have a lot. I mean, Brown, Surratt, Sproles, Horton, Dollison comes in for big shots. You know, like they're finding their people. Yeah. Um, and they're actually a good segue, if we're ready, to talk about this weekend. The 25th ranked Dukes, just everybody stop for like two seconds. Just take that in. See, I know last year it already happened. It's, it doesn't seem as big a deal. JMU was ranked in the top 25 in the AP poll. Like, again, for the second year in a row. Like, this is not a phrase that student Todd and Rob would have ever thought would be uttered. Right, Rob? It's not even like, like we would have joked about it. Right? Like, this would have been an actual joke. Right? Like, we ranked, ranked the Dukes, right? When we beat App in 08 or something. Right? This is, you know. 
come on now. Like we were talking about the Sager in ratings being like 33rd or something. No, no, they're actually in the thing. Yeah. <laughs> like they're, they're really doing this. They're, they sit one spot behind the University of Southern California <laughs> in the AP poll. Um, yeah. Enjoy it, everybody. They are hosting on Halloween night in Harrisonburg, which unbeknownst to Rob and I has become, you know, a thing over the last two decades. Um, you know, a massive thing. It's it's Halloween night. It's eight o'clock. It's on ESPNU. And they're hosting Old Dominion. Like the last time JMU hosted Old Dominion, and this is what scares the living crap out of me, is the night that Taylor Heineke came in and threw all over this team and beat our ass. And it scares me again because we're all sitting here laughing at Old Dominion for winning 10-9 over Texas A&M Commerce earlier this season and for just generally being Old Dominion. But they're 4-3 and three and 3-1 three and one in the Sun Belt with wins over Louisiana and App State, which may say more about those programs than Old Dominion. But nonetheless, they also had Wake Forest beat this year. Absolutely had them beat. They were 17 nothing at the half and they were winning in the going in the fourth quarter and they found a way to lose it. Um, they didn't play terribly. The weird thing in the tech game is like play to play. They didn't, they weren't overmatched, but they made a bunch of mistakes and killed themselves. Um, I don't know. They're the weirdest team in the world, Rob. I don't know if you looked at their record. It's just an, a roller coaster of nothing makes any sense. I mean, the 10-9 game over AM Commerce, a new FCS program moving up from Division II, Commerce went for two in the win is the, and didn't make it is the only reason they yes. lost. Yeah. Right? Like, like it's just right. we were talking before before we hit record. Yeah. They're the epitome of the like any given Saturday team. You don't know what you're gonna get. No, and they seem to play to the level of the, competition. Of the team they play yeah. against, um, which is scary for JMU. Yeah. Um so all the scary stuff out of the way, a couple of funny things. They have one massive weakness, and that is that they are the worst team in the nation at preventing sacks. Yes. They've given up 37 of them. And they are coming up against the team who is, well, by some metrics, depending on where you get your statistics, has the most sacks in the nation. Um, that is very exciting. I'm with you, Rob. I saw the number at 17 and a half. JMU was a 17 and a half point favorite. And that seemed extremely high to me in a rivalry game against a four and three team coming off a win over app. Like, I, you know, that just seemed crazy. And then you start looking at the sacks and you're like, okay, maybe. <laughs> like, I don't know what to make of this, you know. I mean, that seems very exciting for our guys up front. Um, but this should, in any case, this is going to be really fun. Um, regardless of which quarterback, ODU seems to play two quarterbacks fairly often. Um, not sure who's healthier currently in the doghouse. Uh, probably no one because they just beat App. Um, one thing I did think about last year, Rob, this was the game last year. JMU kind of blew them out last year, but it was a little bit of one of those, you know, they had a pick six. They had some pretty good returns. It's kind of a weird game. Um, but the one thing, one thing JMU really did against ODU last year was hit the tight ends. Um, this was a huge game for Drew Painter last year and Zach Horton were both like heavily involved in the offense in this game last year. And 
I wondered, you know, this year it's been Horton, 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 but we've seen Kai Wright playing a bit. Um, would like to see if maybe Kai Wright or others, you know, and, th- and maybe Sproles has taken some of that, uh, you know, the kind of short passing offense away from them. But I could see, I, I definitely would keep my eye on 44 and 15 this weekend. Um, wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. No, given the way. I mean, that's yeah. certainly, it, historically, Jamie is one of those teams when they get the tight ends going, it's good things for the offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what was this weekend? National Tight End Day or something was so, yesterday. Yeah. It's uh, it's all JMU put a thing up with all the tight ends and yeah, made us think of um, folks past. But yeah, I mean, look, I just want to enjoy this weekend, Rob. It's going to be a massive tailgate at home, I assume. Um, weather looks good. Around sixty, like you know, by Halloween standards in the valley, very good. <laughs> you know, not raining, not awful. Um. And they're hosting ODU. So like like you have said and tried to remind me and others for years, we need to just enjoy it week to week. Yeah, man. Um, this is what they're it's ranked. All about. They can only go up from here. Like if they win, they're not going they're not going down, I don't think, if they keep winning. Um and other teams are gonna lose ahead of them. So enjoy it. Have fun with it. <laughs> like you know, tomorrow night or tonight, by the time most people listen to this, there'll be another undefeated team in Virginia on television in probably their toughest game of the year. Enjoy it, yeah. you know, but Rude don't guessing. really care about it. Who cares? Like our game comes up on Saturday, like you know, so I don't have anything else from Marshall or ODU this week. Rob, do you? No, I don't. I'm no, I mean, big picture. Saturday. We're going to stay off of this. We're going to try to limit ourselves here to less than five or six minutes. We'll see. Um, like we said, first time Jamie's ever been ranked in the coaches poll. It's kind of cool. doesn't really matter. I don't think Signetti and the boys care too much either way. It's a nice thing. Um, I would like to think that the guys on the team last year, remember what happened when they got ranked and then they promptly went and got upset, you know, and that they will focus in a different way this year, but cool to be ranked in both places. Uh, there was clarification from, I don't know if it's the NCAA or the playoff, I guess it's the NCAA that JMU would not, clarification to Shane Metlin of the Daily News Record today that the, JMU would not be considered for a New Year's Six Bowl because they're not considered eligible for the, I didn't even understand, but it is what it is. And that's the only, I'll say this, that was to me was the only like outstanding thing, Rob, was the New Year's Six Bowl. Like that's the, that, until next year when the playoff comes, the only thing that sort of stood out to me um, was that because otherwise everyone is freaking out. And that's what I want to say on this, Rob, is that everyone's been like freaking out about this. Like they're not eligible. They are eligible for a bowl and they're probably going to go to a they're bowl. They're probably going to go to a bowl. Like, like the, just... the Brett McMurphy piece today said that he only, he estimates there's going to be five slots potentially for either JMU and or Jacksonville state or and gonna get them. Yeah. five and seven teams or five and six teams that will need a waiver. And obviously both JMU and Jacksonville State would be ahead of, presumably, just from a bowl committee invite standpoint, like everyone would prefer to have like, say, 10 and 2 JMU instead of 5 and 7 Virginia, right? <laughs> like it's just not. Neither like, of those are going to happen. It's 12 no, and versus 2 and 10. <laughs> I, I, it was nice to see Virginia upset the, <laughs> upset the heels this week. Very nice. And, Very and nice. maybe take a little bit of the like. Oh, look how bad you played nobody, is. Paul. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Maybe That's take gone. a little st- 
stink off that win for JMU. Um, but yeah, what I did to, I did look up today. There are 36 there. Basically when you add up the 133 teams, I think there's, I could be wrong on this, but I think there's 51 teams that need to not be eligible in order for there to be a slot for JMU. There are 36 teams who already have five or more losses. So chances are getting pretty good here, people, right? Like, like even if we say that maybe two of the, maybe 34, maybe two of those teams do something crazy and get there, like that's 34. That means we only need 17 more. The people who follow these things, if you, you know, who look really closely at this, you got a bunch of teams in kind of the middle of the pack who they might be four and four now, but if their last four games are, say you're in the big, you know, Wisconsin or something, and your last four games are Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, like, good luck. Like, like have fun, you know? So I, I just, let's all kind of take a deep breath. Um, you know, and, and like we've said, I think Rob, let's let the other people, I think we both think this, let's let the announcers on ESPN and heck the politicians, if they want to scream or the barstool people or whoever, let them carry the water. Like we don't need to be the whining fans about this. Like we've done our share of whining this weekend. It sucks, but like, let's just win. Cause the only thing that really matters is winning like every no one's going to remember if we go 10 and two and lose to Toledo in the Myrtle beach bowl. Like you know, coming into next season, like if you're a random, you know, say you're an Oregon fan, you're not going to remember that JMU went 10 and two and lost to Toledo or beat Toledo. It won't matter. But if JMU went 12 and zero and didn't make the playoff, you will remember that. Right? Like, all those years from Boise and UCF, we remember them because they were really good and we feel like they got screwed, you know? Well, I um, think, and what we're dancing around here, yeah. maybe what I think you're dancing around here is if we just take just one, I'm not going to tell everyone what to do. You're a fan. No. If you want to be a fan that, that directs your energy in North, South, East, I don't care. Uh, do what you want. Me personally, I think it's better just to focus on winning games, enjoying it, all the things we talked about tonight versus sparing any cycles to get all spun up about the NCAA or anything else. It's not fun for me. I don't want to make it a situation where I'm directing more energy into what we don't have rather than enjoying what we do have. No, and the things we can control are we can get our butts to the stadium and like tailgate our, you know, tailgate our asses off and be loud as hell for four quarters and beat ODU. Right. And again, like I don't want to tell anybody how to act, but I think objectively speaking, you're better off in the long run to ignore the noise, let the national media carry the water, be the lovable underdogs, rather than the rabid fan base that's screaming and having whatever, you know, F the NCAA tweets and let's have really, let's really get them with awful signs. In, in the same, you know, fans, I want to see the students with all this like F you NCAA and scream like I don't know, whatever. You do you. I personally think long run, 12-0, and 0, maybe not getting it, having people continue to talk about the great injustice that was done to, you know, America's team could be better off in the long run than screaming and yelling and ultimately going to the same bowl we're likely to go to anyway 
because there's going to be five teams, you know, there's going to be more than five openings. I, I yes. believe that. I think so too. And that, that's where I think we all just like, it, it, it sucks. It does suck. There's nothing, there's no like easy way to say it. It sucks. Um, and it's a terrible rule and it sucks and, and it's stupid and everything else. And I need to be careful not to look too forward to next, look so forward to next year that I like forget about the seniors on this team who it doesn't, you know, it doesn't just suck. It actually like really, really sucks. You know, um, that's, that's a valid point for those kids. Um, but I think it looks like Jamie is going to have a postseason opportunity and, the only way they can make that postseason opportunity the best opportunity it can be is to keep winning. You know, I mean, I feel like if they go 11 and 1, 12 and 0, there will be an opportunity. As Kurt seems to keep saying, the common sense, right? Common sense may not get you the conference championship game, but it will get you to the Duke's Mayo Bowl, <laughs> right? Like, I do think that, right? Like, that's kind of the way I think about it. Um, so, you know, and and to me, I guess it's it becomes like okay. So if we win the championship, we go to New Orleans and we play who, right? We play Fresno or something. Or if we're twelve and zero and we're kind of a hot commodity for the bowl that loses out, we go to what? Charlotte or Annapolis? Myrtle, yeah, Myrtle, right? And we play somebody fun, maybe. I don't know. Like, let's just who knows? These are all things that, and 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 you know, in any other year. I think what it comes down to this year is regardless of what bowl they go to or don't. And it does, it's, it's insanely frustrating to think about the fact that you could make the Fiesta bowl and have the money that comes with that. And you won't, but I don't know that your opponent is going to be like notably different this year or that it's going to matter as much where I feel confident of one thing for sure. If you want to do something to help this program, you know, up your Duke Club donation or make your donation to the Montpelier Collective. Like do something about NIL so we can bring back the whole offensive line and we can bring back James Carpenter and Mikhail Kamara. Because if JMU goes 12 and 0 or 13 and 0 or 12 and 1 or, you know, 11 and 2 or whatever, like they're going to be one of the leading candidates in the group of five next year. You know, if you start the season ranked 24th next year and the only group of five team ahead of you is Tulane, that means you're in line to go to the actual playoff against a game, a team that you actually care about. And that's probably better than whatever nonsense, you know, than going to the New Orleans Bowl this year would be. So I don't know. It's just a lot of things are out of our control. And the one thing that's not is the five games ahead of us <laughs> and the fact that we're 25th. Like, how fun would it be to end the season ranked 15th and 12 and 0, Rob? Right? Yeah, great. <laughs> like, yeah. like, that would be freaking awesome. Like, and we could tell everyone we know how good we were, you know? So, I don't know. I just, I'm going to try my best to take it week by week. Uh, it doesn't mean I'm not going to like the tweets of people chiming in on things, but generally, like, whatever. Like, at this point, it's totally out of our control. And the only thing that isn't out of my control is like how I support the team the rest of the year. So, and whether I like, and on a personal level, like, sorry, forget the team just as a fan, like I want to enjoy beating old dominion. <laughs> you know, what do I want to do? I want to beat Marshall. I want to beat old dominion. I want to beat app. We've been saying that for how many years? 
And yeah, we got one one down and two to go. <laughs> right? Like that's really good. This oh. whole thing is just such a giant distraction. We played eighteen and- games in FBS and JMU has now, after the Marshall game, JMU has beaten every Sunbelt Sun team opponent that, that we played. have played. Yeah. And next year we will get our shots at Southern Miss, Louisiana, or Monroe. Right? So like um yeah, it's pretty fun. And we found out today, I guess this is a good way to wrap things up. Um, Jamie's going to go to Louisville again for considerably more money than they did the last time we went to Louisville. Um, so that Louisville game is going to replace the Tech game, which got, because Tech scared, got punted to 2026. At least I'm going to enjoy saying that. Uh, whether it's true or not is beside the point. Um, but yeah, so the next three years. So next year, Jamie plays North Carolina. In Chapel Hill in week three. You want to go to the playoff? Show it, right? Um, and win this year and go win down there next year. We'll see what happens. Um, 2025, they play at Louisville. It should be really fun. I think a lot of people had a good time on that trip last year, even aside from the game. And I hope we can enjoy that as well in 2025. And then in 2026, they will go back to Lane. Uh, to finally, you know, try to keep the streak going against the Hokies. Right? So that was fun news today. I think Jamie also scheduled a game with Tennessee Tech in 2025. So that means they have their FCS opponent. What what is Tennessee Tech? I think it's a um I think it's in it's it in Nashville. I think it's a HBCU historically. And could be but getting it's, confused. It's like our FCS game. It's our FCS game. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, could be getting accused with Tennessee state, but yes, good. You know, we got to get these FCS games somewhere. I got no problem with that. Um, I got no problem with casting a wider net and not writing a check to one of our former conference mates. No, 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 I I don't either. And now I think, so next year, JMU has, when they have ball state, North Carolina, and I think they have an FCS game. I, I don't remember, but they're pretty set now for next year. And with the 2025 announcement of Tennessee Tech and Louisville, they're pretty set for the next couple of years. And this was, I know, a little bit of a concern uh, for the administration was just scheduling these out-of-conference games as JMU moved to FBS and had to kind of reshuffle the deck for a lot of where a lot of other teams had things planned out, and we did not. Um, so this is good. I, I can, you know, no problem with this at all. We need an FCS game every year. Like there needs to be a freebie. So. I got, I got no problem with it. Um, but <sighs> Rob, you got anything else you want? I know, I know you and I, we, we were able to go at, at some length before we started recording about all this stuff. Um, no, I'm just, I'm, I, I don't think it's, yeah, not worth rehashing. Think, I'm not worth rehashing. People have made up their minds. Um, some people enjoy it. Some people don't. I'm clearly one of the people that doesn't. I think it takes away from the fact that we've got a really good thing going on. And I'd personally just much rather put my energy into rooting for this team and letting everybody else have the discussion about what happens if all of the 16 assumptions we're making fall into a place and this whatever veto to you um everything else is we'll deal with after that yeah because if we keep away i mean we just found out the georgia state games on espn again right it's either going to be on espn2 or espnu so i don't even know how now i'm losing track it's basically there's only like going to be one game that wasn't on national tv by the end of the season, right? Like if you keep winning every week, the proof will be in the pudding, you know? 
Because if you win against ODU and you win against Georgia State and you're on TV both times, guess what? The app, the UConn game or the app game will be on TV too. <laughs> you know, like because people want to watch this team. And that's the only thing that really matters. You know, 20 years from now, we're going to remember the 2023 Dukes who did amazing things and got the whole country talking about them, you know, or the 22, 23 era like of Dukes. I, I'm looking up Tennessee Tech. One, yeah. we're wrong. It's, it's, I think you're confusing with Tennessee State. It's not I am, yeah. Um, but I was going to look, went on their sports website and I was like, whoa, they've got an impressive stadium. It's an article about playing JMU. It's Bridgeforth that they're showing in the picture. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Right okay. There. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think this is some sort of newer school, but whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. FCS games are FCS games. Um, bring somebody new to Bridgeforth. I'm, I'm all about it. And, and yeah. And I don't know. There'll be time in the offseason for this, but for all the people who want to expand the stadium, um, the best way you can expand the stadium is to donate to the Duke club or the Montpelier collective. Like and, and those are the things years. that will ensure winning, which will ensure stadium expansion. Right. So if you're wondering where the money needs to come from, it needs to come from us, <laughs> you know, or at least, yeah, I mean, I, it's kind of how it goes, you know, um, but there's nothing, uh, you know, it's a sad reality, but there's nothing more important right now uh, in college sports. If you want to compete at the level that a lot of JMU fans seem to think we have arrived at. Um, and, and I'm happy to join them in that, <laughs> you know, but like, I don't know, just keep winning. That's the thing that matters. And the way to keep winning is to support our teams. So, you know, anyways, that's enough, enough lecturing from old guys, or at least <laughs> this old guy. Rob's done a good job of staying out of that, <laughs> not yeah, telling I'm, you what to do as a fan. I'm over um, it, man. I know I'm yeah. just looking forward to the Saturday, and then I'll be looking forward to the Saturday after that. <laughs> yeah, and um, well, Rob, here's to a Hitler-free scoreboard this week. Yeah, and keep a, the streak alive. For, keep the streak alive. Just like and it has been alive for every other school other than Michigan State. Other than ever. Michigan State, yes. Yeah. Um, there was some joking because, you know, Michigan, the nerd history school, um, probably probably was like correcting the trivia more than (laughs) but in any case uh, this weekend could be nuts take care of yourself out there people Um, be smart look out for your friends Uh, should be really fun afternoon well into the night I'm sure for some folks uh, this Saturday in the stadium you don't need to drink at all in the parking lot that's right eight eight o'clock start guys yeah beat out of you Rob, I will talk to you next week. Yep, have a good week. Go Dukes.